The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection. Welcome back to this extreme menage of violence you'll ever experience here on the Extreme Three Way Dance. JT joining me as always are my compadres Matt and Jenny. How are you both doing? Fucking hot mess today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It was hot I got here. The hot shirt for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like 85 here. That's too much already. I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's going to be like 55 in two days. So it's, yeah. What's going on up there? Yeah, it's New England. It's a thing. It's old to do up here. June, though, yeah, I guess whatever. I don't want to get also it dramatic. We already deep in summer, so no. Well, we're deep here on the North South Connection YouTube channel. So if you're listening on any podcast app and you want to watch, you can switch over to YouTube. We're there, and while you're there, just subscribe and leave a comment or two. Uh, but we're also available on the go if you just like to enjoy listening. We're on any podcast application on the North South Connection. Uh, we have a lot of content at NorthSouthConnection.com and all over our social media as well. On this very fine podcast right here, we are taking you through the history of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Started in February of 1994. We are now in April of 1998. So we've made up a lot of ground in that time. And we are going to continue our trek. We are in a world post living dangerously and uh, rapidly heading toward Wrestlepalooza 98, uh, which is just weeks away. So we get three episodes of TV to cover tonight. And then we will go from there. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Might as well get it over with. Okay. <laughs> Great would advocate. Uh, all right. <laughs> April 18th, 1998. Joel Gertner is in the ring. We're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's doing his thing. He brings out the Bushwhackers. 
Yes, Luke and Butch. They are dressed as the Dudleys. Sign guy Dudleys with them. The crowd is booing. Joey Styles, not a fan, as the Bushwhackers are stomping Mm-mm. around. Joey calls them artifacts and fossils. As Sandman and Dreamer show up from the crowd with a cane and a chair. All four guys square off. The Dudleys show up in clean houses. Luke and Butch just march around. Sandman takes a pretty rough landing on a 3D, hard on his shoulder. Kind of looks like he could be fucked up. They wrap things up with Devon smashing Sandman with a cane and Bubba crowns Tommy with a disgusting chair shot as he's against the ropes. Sign guy pounds some beer on Sam, uh, pours beer on Sandman and Tommy as Gertner struts with the bushwhackers. Out comes Tuchel Scorpio. He peppers Dick, but he gets swarmed over, gets taken out with a 3D as well. And uh, that's it for the opening segment. I thought it was kind of a weird use of the bushwhackers. Um, but the, the beatdown was great. Some really good heat for the Dudleys, who are finally starting to look like badasses. And I think we're going to see that develop here finally over the next couple of months. Uh, looks like we're in a big feud with the ECW Originals. And um, I don't know. The Bushwhackers thing is weird. Like, I kind of get it. They're like weirdos. And mm-hmm. they could also be inbred like the Dudleys. And you believe it, given their <laughs> presentation. Uh, so it kind of fits. But mm-hmm. I feel like ECW and Joey in general usually... Um, pays homage to the legends you know mm-hmm. and like it's not like they're active wf guys it was just weird how hostile he was to them when they came out like i get that they're with the dully so that's what's kind of the gimmick but it was just weird like it's like they're relics they're more like you know we're gonna see on our next episode like they're lavishing praise on the junkyard dog you know what i mean so it's like like one way or the right. other right it's like right. like do we like the legends or we hate the legends so i thought that was a bit much maybe he could have been excited to see them and then they like he's like, oh wait, you know they are legends, but they're aligning with the Dudleys. Like, fuck, you know, fuck those guys, whatever. But so anyway, it's a weird nitpick, but it just it felt off brand for like what ECW usually does with the legend type guys when they come in. Matt. Yeah, I, I took it as uh, Joey was pissed off because they were with the Dudleys, like you yeah. said, and that's my guess. But uh, I got to be honest, wasn't expecting them to show up on my screen in fucking ECW. Good lord, uh, that was uh, that was quite a uh, unpleasant surprise when they walked through the curtain. Good God Almighty! But at least they uh, at least they put them with the Dudleys, so they could be hateable, which was always great. So, um, but yeah, I thought this was a really good opening segment on seemingly what was a house show. Uh, that 3D looked nasty on Sandman, so we'll see where that goes but uh yeah hell of a beating to sandman and dreamer i think we're finally like you said seeing kind of what the ecw dudleys are known for just being this fucking brutal vicious Mm -hmm. team we're finally starting to see that now and it's about time we start seeing that because that's the dudleys that everybody loves from ecw so it it took longer than i would have liked but i'm glad we're getting there so yeah i thought this was a good opening segment jenny who knew it was gonna be the fucking bushwhackers that got (laughs) the Dudley's over finally for this supposed push that they get. Um, Joey outraged and confused. Uh, I was like, did the Bushwhackers fuck his wife or something? Like (laughs) what the hell? He was very angry. Very angry. Yeah. But then I'm like, yeah, he's in Florida. It's hot and people get upset here. So um, once again, Sandman injured. He looks fucked up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he stays fucked up now, much like Tommy. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty banged <laughs> up. And Tommy also got his ass beat. So mm-hmm. I, I got to say, it sucks. I don't like the Dudleys, and I'd rather see Sandman and Tommy be good. All right, well, we'll see your feelings on the Dudleys as we continue to move our way through history. 
Get our opening animation. Joey, Styles, and the Nest tries to reconcile what we just saw. He adjusts the format on the fly. So we get a long video package about the TV title, pretty much showing the whole title change and Paul revealing RVD would defend against Sabu. I'll give them this. When they need to fill time, they at least do it creatively. Like it's clear they just didn't have enough footage to fill mm-hmm. up this episode. Yep. Um, new fresh footage, so whatever this Fort, Fort Lauderdale tour didn't didn't warrant being shown, but um they always do it at least in a way that like shows that they're trying to make it creative. So he's like, Oh, because of that attack now our format is thrown off, so we gotta do this. So I I, I at least like that they try instead of just being you know obvious about it. They try a bunch of different things. They they throw all mm-hmm. the shit against the wall trying to mm-hmm. mix things up. They always have. Yeah. Um, I've always liked it. All right. Joey Styles takes us to a fan cam of Sam Fatu battling Sabu at a recent show. Joey reminds us that Sam was formerly the Tonga Kid. He's in control of Sabu, but misses a big splash off the top and needs a spin kick. Sabu puts Fatu through a table outside, and then RVD shows up dressed as Sabu. RVD shoves Sabu down, hits a sidekick and frog splash, and he beats Fatu to shove it on Sabu and get the win. Um, <laughs> next level troll is RVD mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I love it, though. I thought this was really creative and different. And he, he kind of looks like him a little bit with the pants, and he has his hair down. <laughs> like, it's, you know, yeah. believable from behind. Um, I don't know where they dug the Tonga kid up from, but God yeah. bless him. I, I wondered thing. that, too. I was like, that mm-hmm. is so random of, mm-hmm. of, of a thing. Just a one-off, yeah. like... We're in the same place, match. I don't know. Like, I think that's what they happened. did with a lot of these guys. Like, if they yeah. were just in their hometown, they'd call them and say, "Hey, do you want to come in?" Take on we've seen, we've seen the Bushwhackers, and we've seen Tonga Kid. Is this ECW or is this an episode of Superstars from 1989? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, something. Uh, Joey runs down the top matches for Palooza, Runs down some other news and notes. We then see the back of an ambulance. Joey's in the nest rambling about Sandman's injury. We head backstage where Sandman's wife, Lori's back. I guess she's, I don't know if she's with him. So she's ex-wife that they, you know, sometimes couples get divorced, but then they kind of end up back together, but not really together. Like feels like that's them maybe. So basically Raven, drives Raven's, her still, possess- Raven's still possessing her from WCW. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, Lori's in tears. Sandman stretcher had put a neck brace with an oxygen bag. Joey's narrating. He talks about Sandman's popularity, and we see some clips about him. And uh, he's supposed to have injured his shoulder, but mm-hmm. they're acting like he like broke his neck. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like the attack was supposed to be a neck injury, like to sell the 3D. But he landed funny for like for real. And so they just like had to play it off like it was a shoulder the way he landed because I guess you could say maybe he broke a collarbone so they have to stabilize his neck or something but it's just a weird like the way they're treating him is like he has a bad neck or head injury but they sold it originally like you know he landed weird on his shoulder so are all the injuries just to hide his drunkenness no I think they're really just trying to get the Dudleys over like yeah. start put him on like a murder spree but yeah sadly um, so we'll see where this continues to go. Uh, we get to our first real official match of the night, I guess, and that is Lance Storm and Chris Candido taking on Rotten Balls, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. This is in Florida as well. It's a preview of Wrestlepalooza. This is the match we're going to see. We start with Storm wrecking Rotten Balls with chairs. Candido shows up. He joins the attack, but Storm smashes his own partner with a chair and then leaves. The bell rings. Axel covers, but Storm returns to save his job. Axel heats up and cleans house. We get more arguing from the champs. Axel loads punches as Balls is being checked on after the chair assault. 
Axel throws Storm uh, outside. He meets him with a vicious chair shot while Candido's posing with the titles. After a break, Axel's working Candido over as Balls is now gone, so it's become a handicap match. Axel's still in control. He hits Storm with the SST, but Candido botches the save. Axel eats a back elbow from Storm, but Candido covers to pick up the win. Candido beats up Storm after. Out come Danny Doring and Roadkill. They're running their mouth, and Axel takes out Doring with a chair. Candido wipes out Storm again and demands he get the ring for a singles match. This is weird. I mean, we didn't see the whole thing. I mean, why are we doing this on TV like two weeks before the pay-per-view? But at least I guess they end up doing the handicap match or just add some heat. Um, you know, Storm and Candido are still bickering. The antics post-match are fine. The mayhem works within the chaos. Doring and Roadkill is random. So I don't know, Jen. I went two stars on the whole thing. <laughs> Again, it's just... It, I feel like they're using this Florida show for this footage, but it's really just like house show antics mm-hmm. besides the Sandman attack. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would have been better off just doing like canned stuff from elsewhere or whatever. Like this, just this didn't make sense of the construct of being two weeks out from the pay per view. Yeah, you just don't like Florida shows. I don't think any of us do really. <laughs> they haven't had any really great ones there. Mm-hmm. That's no. Um. Yeah, I thought there was a thing that said that they couldn't fight each other or they would both get fired. Was that? not a thing anymore or no it's that they couldn't they could fight but they couldn't cost each other the titles right oh right right okay so if if they attack each other and they lose the belts because of it then they're fired oh okay that's why storm came back in all right so i like axel getting you know some good offense here when he it's left in the ring um (laughs) after balls gets out of the match but um kind of a big mess um Candido's just being real petty about who gets to pin things, and I'm just like, oh, come on. Um, I did a, a star in three quarters. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went two on it, and I think you hit the nail on the head, JT. This was something that was supposed to be seen like only at a house show, and for for whatever reason, they decided to pluck it from the house show and show it on TV. Like, the, the, I got the same vibe from it that you did. It's just, it's a very weird thing to show. Uh, when we're two weeks out from a pay-per-view, like I, I don't under, especially when you're having this match on the pay-per-view itself, mm. like why are you showing this now? Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the finish was weird too. It just kind of ends after a back elbow from Storm. Just yeah, but, it was, made him look weak. I mean, I know it's a handicap yeah. match, but it wasn't that long of a match, so it kind of right. still makes Axel. They should have done a singles, yeah, like Candido versus Axel and Storms out there or whatever. So I mean, I, I went two on it, like you, just not much here. All right, well, we stay in the ring for the match that Candido just issued the challenge for. That is Chris Candido taking on Lance Storm. Candido meets him with a baseball slide drop kick. They head back inside. The bell rings. Joey says Candido's stupid, weakening his partner before Russell Candido hammers and stomps away. Storm comes back with chops and a spin kick. Candido gets a swinging neck breaker for two. Joey goes on and on about how these guys are wearing themselves out before their title de- uh, defense. Candido gets a nice delayed vertical. Joey talks about how Candido's doing all this just because Shane Douglas pushed that Sonny had a crush on Storm and put us in this position. We have a chop fest into a Storm flurry capped by a perfect drop kick. Storm hits the springboard clothesline for two. Candido comes back with a power bomb for near fall. Storm avoids the blonde bombshell, catches Candido off the top into a power bomb and wins the match clean. Joey says, these guys who just get along, they can be the best tag team in the sport, and but they'll have no chance as is Russell Palooza if they continue to fight. I thought the match was really good. Uh, both guys being exhausted kind of played that story out, trading a nice blows until one hit the kill shot. Storm survives, gets a big clean win. He's continuing to build his resume. Matt went two and three quarters. I think it doesn't get higher because it's so short and mm-hmm. they're like already exhausted as the match starts. But I thought what they had to work with 
it was a nice bounce back from that debacle before it. Yeah, uh, I went two and a half on it. It was a perfectly fine match. They they played their ex- exhaustion uh, pretty well. Obviously, yeah, it, you know, it felt like they were definitely holding back a bit, but it makes sense. Like you're not going to see these guys have a three and a half star match after what just happened. So I I do get that. But uh, I thought Joey just going after him on commentary for doing this was great. Wrestling each other while they're tag champs. I thought he was really good during this. But uh, yeah, it, it was a fine enough match. They're definitely capable of more. But for me, it made sense with the story. So two and a half. Jenny fine enough I mean I'm kind of tired of them you know I'm kind of over them I mean we're still fighting over Sonny and uh, like whatever I mean I don't know I it was fine they they know how to work and the crowd liked it so I did two and one quarter stars all right, Joey talks more about the tag situation as well as the other big Palooza matches and we are set for a match between The full-blooded Italian. Mm-hmm. And if they're coming out, that means it's time for our Italian lesson of the week. Uh, earlier tonight, my children were watching Bluey on Disney. Mm-hmm. And uh, they mm-hmm. played this song. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Wow. And then you told your children an Italian word of the day. Right. It was probably something wildly offensive. I definitely (laughs) used Fongo multiple times tonight. Um, (laughs) That's not tonight's word because we've used that one before. Tonight's word is Kazata. 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 It means bullshit. So pretty traditional. So feel free to use that in your everyday lives. I thought it was that peer to peer music thing that used to be around in the 90s. (laughs) A lot of bullshit was part of that. Yeah. It's true. Timeout and corrupt files and viruses. God, remember leaving those things for like nine hours overnight? Yeah. I just want to listen to Run DMC and it's going to take <laughs> 17 hours to get. You got to find draw. that gap. Like, how many could I do once without completely crashing it? Like 10, right. 11 maybe overnight. But anyway, there's your word for the evening Kazata. And as the FBI come out, they're going to be set to take on. The former members of Blue World Order, Nova and Blue Meanie. We hear the music, but before the match, we get clips from earlier where the Dullies made their statement and severely injured Sandman with the 3D. Sandman was taken away. Joey complains about the history of technical issues in this building. And he's having <laughs> trouble seeing what we see. We then cut and get fan cam footage of Douglas in a sling. He's arguing with Bigelow and Francine about Al Snow ha- having surgery. And he listens to Candido rant about defending the tag titles. Douglas rips off the sling and Francine gets upset about it but the triple threat are here to make a statement. So this is a lot of like this married couple stuff with the four of them. Like they're done with Shane. Like, all right, just stop, stop with else. No, stop with the arm. Like stop, just stop. And Shane's is gone mm. flipping out about snow. Candido's a mess with the tag title. So a lot of in family drama here, Jenny, with the, uh, the triple threat right now. So much. <laughs> Francine, bless her. She's just trying to wrangle cats. This yep. whole scene. <laughs> she's just trying to get everybody. Shane is insane. Like he's fully. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's on some meds for his arm. So um, mm. as is Candido. We know what kind of meds he's on. But yeah. uh, this is good. Like this is the Jersey Shore moment. That, that has been missing from these shows, I think, recently. Right. 
Yeah, chaos. I mean, it, it's just complete and utter chaos. I mean, Francine trying to wrangle him, like you said. It, Shane has completely lost his mind. Al, Al Snow has broken him as a human being. It, it took Al Snow to do it, but it finally <laughs> happened. Of all people, it was fucking Al Snow that did it. Like, given all the stuff that Shane has been through, uh, a man who carries a styrofoam head around is the guy who finally broke Shane. So, because of course it is. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. So, uh, yeah, this was uh, this was great stuff here. It was like a third grade gym teacher having to chase like these energetic kids around. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Right. Yeah. No. All right. We take a break and we come back to triple threat. Now in the ring, they're attacking John Cronus and Chris Chetty before their match. Douglas rips on Chetty says Chetty is Taz's cousin and how lucky what? he is to be here. Yes. Mm-hmm. When Shane had to bust his ass coming up the hard way, Douglas tells Chetty to get his eyes off Francine says he doesn't deserve a title shot. Of course, out comes Taz as his music's blaring. Joey says they did a good job keeping Chetty and Taz's relationship under wraps, but Douglas has outed them. Taz says he doesn't care about Shane and his problems, but Chetty stops him and Taz slaps his cousin, breaks him with a T-bone. Taz says he doesn't care about anyone. He'll take out the whole triple threat. Douglas says Taz has no class with a bunch of losers for family, and Taz thinks he owns ECW, but no, the triple threat owns ECW. Paul Heyman is uh, directing security. He's up on a stage. Taz tells Shane to put the belt up in a match right now. Douglas barks at Heyman to shut up and go away. Joey says his whole night has been a mess. (laughs) Seems it. (laughs) Shane says Taz doesn't get a title shot as Al Snow and Head jumped over Taz and took it. Taz says he doesn't deserve it. Bigelow put his jabron ass through the ring. Douglas says Taz is the big shooter, wants to break Shane's arm. But tonight, Shane will give him that opportunity that Stan Hansen got when he broke Bruno San Martino's neck. If Taz can break Shane's arm, the triple threat's going to kick the shit out of him. Douglas hands his arm over and shit talks and shoves Taz and says if he goes down, all of ECW goes down. And Taz will have to go find work elsewhere. He begs him and begs him to break his arm. He slaps him, calls him a pussy. Taz says Shane is pathetic. He pretends to walk off, turns back around, grabs the arm, and snaps it down. Bigelow attacks, and he and Taz brawl as Douglas is writhing in pain. So, pretty chaotic finish to this episode as Taz has now broken Shane Douglas' arm. Taz and Chris Chetty are cousins. Uh, A lot going on. I thought this was really well done. It was entertaining. I mean, it's clear that Shane is hurt, and they're using this to explain that, so that's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, this show clearly was a disaster in Fort, Fort Lauderdale on this evening. Uh, probably as disastrous as their uh, airport is. So they were definitely strugg- struggling. Um, it's, I don't know if there was like travel problems or just the technical difficulties that Joey said, but it seemed like something was up because they referenced it at least three or four times, mm. uh, which would be a Chad Campbell memorial no-no because he hates when Dodie acknowledges all the technical issues on uh, 1996 programming. But um, yeah, it's an interesting approach for sure on all this to see them take Shane down this way. Uh, it reminded me of on Seinfeld, like where Izzy Mandelbaum's like, you know, I bet you, you, you can't take my son away. You know, he's like, like Shane, it's just like danger. Oh, signs all over better than me? Like, yeah. Like it's danger signs all over for Shane. Like, don't do this. He's going to hurt you. You know, don't do it. Izzy. don't lift the TV. You're going to throw your back out. Um, so this is where we're at, Jenny, but it's, it's a chaotic wrap up here. Oh, well, that was a lot. Uh, why? Do we care that Chetty is Taz's cousin? Why is that a thing? Well, I think he really is his cousin. So I think. But why? Like, why do? Why does that matter? Well, I think Douglas is saying it's like a nepotism thing. Like, because he's your cousin, you're already getting title shots. Whereas I had a. It's the classic like old school guy, right? I had to work my way up in the territories, and this new guy just comes in, and he's already in in ECW getting title shots as a as a rookie or whatever. Okay. When was Chetty's title shot? 
this was supposed to, wasn't this like a tag something? Did he say title shot? I don't know. He probably had a title shot somewhere. No, it was him and Cronus, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe they were going for a title number one contender match or something. I, I feel like back. Didn't I he have like, a TV title I feel match like Chetty had like a random match with Shane at some point. Yeah, I thought so too. Oh, okay. Title. All right. Didn't he kill him with like a belly to belly quick or something? Yeah, it was something like that. Oh, actually, him and Lynn uh, had a tag title match with Candido and Storm a few weeks ago too. Right. So he's okay. spread, he's just saying, yeah, he fought Shane on February twenty first. So he's had a but couple of title matches. I don't know. Shane's insane, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Taz I thought looked taller. <laughs> Maybe where he lifts. Where he lifts. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, platform wrestling. The Florida on. Sun. <laughs> But he looked trimmer, like he oh got this thing behind me. But he he looked fit, like he not mentally was jacked. No, well. but he was jacked, like even more than normal. I thought. Mm. But anyway, uh, then we talked about Stan Hansen for a minute. But anyway, <laughs> just <laughs> the whole arm thing. Like I, I, I just don't. I, why don't I like it? Why don't I want to see this? I just don't. What don't you want to see? Shane and Taz? Yeah, I don't know. It just. I mean, it's kind of almost. Taz it is time, not. Right? It is not giving me a boner at all for that. I just it's, can't. It's Taz, like, it's, we've kind of not had a strong contender for Douglas here in a little bit. Like we had the weird tag thing at, at Living Dangerously. Now we have the, just the, the sign's fine. It's okay. It's bugging me to death. It's okay. Uh, we have the the tag at Living Dangerously. We kind of know Snow is not like the strongest challenger. Looking back historically, we know he's not really sticking around. Um, so like, who's like the real? I mean, Bigelow obviously was a good challenger for Shane, but even that felt weird. Like how they quickly he just won randomly with yeah, Rude. like they didn't do it right. So I think they're setting up Taz in a long game, right, to be a legitimate challenge to Douglas. Now, mm. Douglas's injury may fuck that up. We'll see, but um, I think that it's trying to bring these two superpowers of ECW into orbit together because Taz is due for, like, a title picture run. Okay. From what I know about Taz, he wants to meet his opponent at 100%. I don't know why he would be wanting to hurt Shane even more. Well, I guess it Shane's doesn't... a piece of shit. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It just I mean, doesn't really fit. they're saying, like, break my arm, break my arm, you pussy. Like, he's, how, how are you going to turn that down? Um, but either way, I mean, they're doing it because, again, he's, Shane is clearly hurt. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see what they do with the title. Like, is Snow going to win? I mean, if Shane's hurt, right, it seems like maybe they switch it. We'll see about that in our next episode. But, I don't know. That was my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is, uh, hey, where's Al Snow in all this? Not in Florida. <laughs> Apparently not. Like, I, I feel like they barely even mentioned him, like, yeah. in this episode at all. It's just super weird. Like, they've already moved moved past the Al Snow thing, and they've gone right to Taz without that, getting the Al Snow thing done. That's what's bugging me about this. Yeah. Like, because we're still doing, I mean, and we always do, like, hmm. parallel storylines and shit like right. that. But it just felt, like, out of place. From mm. what we've done, this before. episode somehow oddly felt like it happened after Wrestlepalooza. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> like yes. even the even the rotten ball thing feels like something that would happen yes. after yeah. the title match, and they're having one last shot or something. Mm. Like, and then this felt like it was a kickoff. Like, yeah, it was just weird. Like, I don't know. 
it felt like they weren't planning to use some of this, but I don't know. They shot two big angles. So I, I don't know what happened. Maybe they lost footage yeah. from that show. So that's why it was all screwy. And Joey kept saying technical difficulties. Like mm. maybe some of the stuff they shot didn't, you know, didn't come through or something because this is the whole thing is presented oddly. Um, Goddamn Florida electricity ruined the tapes. It's all the humidity. Down the internet. Yeah. <laughs> even then, so even, even AOL then. was dragging back. <laughs> Probably a snake ate it or something. Yeah. Copy serve crumbling. All right, let's get to our awards. Uh, best match, I went to Storm and Candida. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think so. And then the tag for worse. Yeah. Yep. I thought we had two great moments. I mean, I thought the Dudley beatdown of Sandman and Dreamer was really good. And Taz snapping Shane's arm is, is a pretty big angle. So I thought we had it for a, kind of a throwaway episode on a forgettable house show or whatever. Like we had two major angle shots, which that is one thing I like about ECW. Like, they don't give any show for granted. I'm sure there's ones we're not seeing, but it feels like they do all these random things on the road in these, you know, random places. Like, oh, we're going to be in uh, Fort Lauderdale. We're going to shoot two major angles there. It's like, you know, interesting how they approach it. It's like not everything happens at the ECW Arena or Queens. Mm-hmm. They kind of, you know, mm-hmm. take advantage of every location and, and do stuff. Maybe they should not do that. <laughs> do you have any moments beyond that? Oh. <laughs> Uh, Chetty getting backhanded by Taz was pretty no. great, too. Mm. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, most 90s, and obviously the Bushwhackers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can argue 80s as well. 80s. They're pretty 90s. <laughs> they're pretty 90s, too. Uh, stock rising, I went Dudley's, Lance Storm, and Taz. Yep. Yeah, I think that's all we got on this one. Falling, I went Sam Fatu. Danny Doring, Doring. Uh, Chetty obviously no. looks like a bitch, and Shane's arm falling off his his body. <laughs> Chetty's, Chetty's jaw falling off his face after Taz bitch smacked it off. <laughs> you think that was like like they had an argument at like Christmas when they were like eleven, and mm-hmm. that was like a receipt from Taz for that. Yeah, probably. You're hogging the peas. <laughs> That's the fucking ham. The peas. <laughs> uh, also, um. The production in general falling. Mm. Uh, mm. Whatever the fuck happened. I'm gonna write it off as a as a bad night though. I'm not all gonna right. use this as indicative of like things in general right now. Okay. Um. All right. So uh, for all the bitch I did, I still went six out of ten. Like I mean, two <laughs> two big angles happened. We had a pretty good match. It's only a forty minute show. I, I'm like most it, it more happened on this week episode of ECW than like half of the '96 Raws. Like Chad and I have watched. So like it's still a very effective episode of television. Um, with a great atmosphere. So is it one of their best? No, but stuff still happened. It wasn't like you, you could just skip it. Mm, I'm going to do five for me. <laughs> I went five and a half on it. All right, well, let's see if they bounce back at our next installment a week later on April 25th, 1998. Joel Gertner is backstage. He's doing his thing. He says Bubba's massive chair shot to Tommy Dreamer's skull was karma for Tommy's classic chair shot on Raven two years ago. We also get to hear the crying of Sandman's wife, Lori. Curtis <laughs> says she's Sandman's wife in theory, if not in practice. Yikes. She, she must have somehow found a babysitter to watch your ugly, illegitimate, <laughs> mentally hard R children. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she must have commanded uh, a good appearance fee for showing up. At Russell they'll take out Sandman and ter- turn Cobb County into a dry county. And to quote the dreamer, nevermore. Uh, Gertner and the Dudley's really going up a notch. I mean, this is. Joel really going in here. This is we're gonna start seeing more of this out of him in the mm-hmm. W, but goes in pretty hard on Sandman, his wife, and his kid. 
start seeing this. This is classic Gertner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did a lot more. Yeah, but though. most classic Gertner is like the sexual stuff about himself. Like right, now right. he's gonna really start getting like acerbic toward it's, people. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like stuff, it. Yeah. Poor Lori, she's still possessed by Raven, and you got <laughs> Gertner calling her Staring that. Staring at that static on the TV. That was no. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a good callback. This is funny how he said he's basically, yeah, she's willing to leave the kids at home if she oh. gets a good appearance fee. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, we get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest at the arena. We're closing in on Russell Palooza. Talks about the injuries nagging Shane Douglas. We see a clip of Taz snapping his arm last week. Joey says Douglas vows to be in the ring at Russell Palooza 98 to take on Al Snow. He also runs down the other big matches, including the newly announced Bam Bam Bigelow versus New Jack and Mikey Whipwreck versus Just Incredible. Rematch there. We're going to get some highlights of the arena action as well. Joey is then in the ring. He's cut off by Taz, who stomps out off format, we're told. Taz tells Joey to tell the truth that Douglas is home because he fucked with Taz, and Taz fucked up his elbow. Taz says he's been too nice and gotten too soft lately, and in Florida, Shane hit a nerve, told the truth, where he said Taz is getting a shot because, isn't getting a shot because he lost to Bigelow, and Shane was right. Bigelow was the better man, but Shane said Taz didn't deserve the title shot. We get a loud fuck the franchise chant as Taz says Shane fears him. He's the uncrowned champion. We hear Static and Heyman's voice cuts in saying, shut the mic off, shut the mic off. Taz demands not to shut the mic off, or he could be a guy that leaves and goes to Atlanta. Or to see Vince. Tells Paul not to stand like a badass. This is not a shoot, or uh, this is a shoot from Taz, not some Austin McMahon angle. Taz got soft. He's been about discipline. Coached by the best of the best. Got him second place. He's not going to be a second place wrestler. Taz forces Joey to hold the mic. He drags him around and says, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Joey chuckles. Uh, Taz calls him out and Joey doubles down and says, look, they go back a long way and Taz has never been nice. Taz says, Joey must want to fight. His hands are up. Joey stammers and Taz rants at the fans, says he stood here and put up with shit and Joey disrespected him. Joey asks Taz what is going on and Taz tells Joey to shut up, let him leave and then he throws Joey down. Taz is clearly on the brink here. Um, And I'm torn on like the ECW making stuff feel real, but trying too hard to make stuff feel real. And it, I always, I try and put myself in that time and space. And I'm like, at the time, this really felt probably really super cool. Paul, you cut a Paul, cut him off, cut him off. Taz is like yelling at him. It kind of feels real. He even throws out Austin McMahon to say that shit's fake, but this is real. The test of time is a little shaky on that. Cause it's like, it just feels like the trying to do, the stuff we ripped WCW for a couple of years later, right? Like the insider shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. But but this audience at that time loved that stuff. So it's like they're giving the audience what they want with Taz being a madman. So I don't I don't dock it. I, I don't know I'm saying I enjoy watching it now, but I understand in the moment, Matt, like why they went with that approach. That said, this is a, a great segment overall. Like Taz is losing his fucking mind and he wants to kill Shane. Yeah, I felt like this was kind of all over the place, to be honest. You know, he's talking about Shane. He's just kind of rambling. He goes after Joey for some reason. Like, I get wanting to be wanting to go after Shane, but I'm not sure how the other stuff really helps him at this point, because it does feel kind of like the Austin McMahon stuff. Like, yeah, that's literally going on like right now. Like, this, this is like a month after WrestleMania. It's right around Unforgiven which is where they had Austin do love or Austin hits McMahon with the gross chair shot. Like, so like we're right in the heavy beginnings right. of Austin McMahon. So 
So, I mean, with him, you know, with the Heyman stuff and him going after Joey, it kind of feels like their own yeah. version of that and they're cribbing from it. Right. So, like, I, I feel like there's a better way they can do this with him going after Shane than what they did here. And I know it was the time, it was the hot thing, so everybody yeah. was fucking doing it at this point. But uh, hindsight being 2020, they probably could have gone a better, a different route than what they did here. And I think they try and do it in a way that makes it like, that's why I think they deride Austin McMahon instead mm. of hiding it and pretending they're doing their right. Like it doesn't exist. They're calling it out to say, yeah, this may seem like the same thing, but that that's an angle. Mm. This is a shoot. Like I'm pissed. Right. And if there's anyone, there's two guys in ECW that could do it. It's him and Douglas mm. believably, because that's all they've done for years. Like right. they're not new to this game where like they say what's on their mind. They call out other organizations so it works for them. Like if it's Dreamer or someone else doing it, maybe it feels more forced. But mm-hmm. I feel like with these guys, it feels real because they they've been doing it. But you're right; it's the timing is like hard to overlook when right. Austin McMahon is literally just starting to fire up and they're doing the mm-hmm. same thing at the same time. Yep. That is all very good and great. But he put his hands on Joey, so kind of fuck him forever. And. Uh, it was unneeded. He did not. What? What is this doing for him? You know, fucking with Joey. I don't know. I don't like it. He has done it before, though. He has, and I didn't like it then. So this is just more bullshit. All right. I don't like it. I don't know. All right, we get a highlight package uh, of the last ECW Arena show. The FBI dance out. They're rocking. Nova and Meanie come out. This is the match we didn't really get to see last week. We're going to get it tonight. The crowd is pumped for the old BWO. Joey gets a joke in about Meanie's tits and his cholesterol as they hit the ring. Tommy Rich grabs the mic. He calls Meanie Fat Boy. He talks about being on American Bandstand with Dick Clark and Gordon Soley last week in Atlanta. And that Tracy Smothers won the John Travolta Saturday Night Fever, Fever Award. Rich wants a dance-off. We get Smothers starting it off. Rich calls Meanie Chubby Checker. He does his dance routine, which wins the fan applause. Rich has some others do a second round, and then Meanie goes again, but the FBI attack him. That's all we see of that. Chubby Checker made me laugh. Uh, we get a clip of New Jack beating draws with a chair shot off the top. We then cut to Justin Credible cutting a promo. He's got Jason Nicole Bass chastity with him. Credible talks about wrestling as PJ Walker, how that was a stepping stone. He had to wrestle as Aldo Montoya, another small step, but like his best friend Scott Hall told him, He's just incredible, and he's incredible for life. Clip of Taz destroying Jeff Jones. Highlights of RVD taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. Bammer gets a shot in on Fonzie, throws him into the front row, and takes out some fans in a wild bump. We think Eclipse of the Dudleys stalking Beulah as Scorpio and Dreamer were laid out. The lights dipped, and then they came back on. Sandman was back in the ring in the neck brace. He scatters the Dudleys, who look like they're staring at a ghost. Sandman gets the mic. He says that at... Uh, in Marietta at the pay-per-view, the Dudleys will get their receipts. So, Jenny, pretty much just a recap of what looks like a pretty fun night at the arena. They would have been better if we saw this versus Fort Lauderdale. But <laughs> Not going to lie. Timing is timing. Timing is timing. You could definitely tell things are a lot better in the arena. Um, <laughs> I, it bugs me when they clip shit like that, but, I mean, whatever. I'm used to it. I did enjoy uh, Bam Bam throwing Fonzie into the fucking mm-hmm. second rope. That yeah, was that great. Awesome. Uh, I applauded for that. Um, while we're doing lights out shit again, I don't want to do that. Um, but I do love the pop for Sandman when he comes. He looks like shit. Uh, (laughs) fucked up neck. So that was good. Better, better than previous things I've seen. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I always like these highlight packages when they show this stuff. I mean, like always, I wish we saw the full thing, but like if you got to fill an episode, it's not a bad way to fill an episode and everything looked good. I mean, I, I thought Bam Bam was going to chuck Fonzie all the way to fucking Pittsburgh with how he <laughs> threw him. Good Lord. Like uh, Fonzie's a small man. He could throw him very far if he really wanted I to. I feel like he, he held back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. And uh, uh, yes, uh, Sandman does look like he's hurting. I mean, he couldn't even... He was turning like this with his neck not bending. It was just yeah, he's, uh, he's a pain. <laughs> he's a, he's in a lot of pain. So, uh, but yeah, I, I always enjoy these segments, and uh, this was no exception. All right, back to the ring we go. This is the match we said we should have probably had in Florida, and could have just run it again here. Chris Candido taking on Axel Rotten in singles action. Candido and Francine head to the ring. Candido's just jacked. He's looking tight. Mm-hmm. Joey says balls and storm are barred from ringside. This is a showcase for Russell Palooza. Rotten has a chair with Candido's face on it that says sissy. Fran rants at the crowd, demands to be treated like a lady. We ease in with a lockup and a quick trading of offense by both until Axel slugs Candido down. Candido comes back with a Rana. Axel pops up. He clobbers Candido with right hands and some chops. Candido stooges around as Axel pours it on, sends him careening to the floor. Axel keeps battering Candido outside using a chair and right hands. Francine comes over and goes to the eyes. That allows Candido to turn the tide and use the chair. Back inside, Candido struts around between strikes. He sends Axel back outside and meets him with a Pescado. Candido keeps battering Axel as they head back in, unloading chops in the corner. Axel flips it around and buries him with a flurry into a hard back elbow. Candido comes right back with a chin lock. Axel breaks free, chops away again, hits an avalanche in the corner. Axel heats up. It's a middle row clothesline, loads up the SST, but Francine gets in the ring. Axel releases and stalks her as Francine slips the chain to Candido. Candido wraps the chain, but Axel ducks and hits the SST for a clean win. The fucking Candido jobs more than anyone ever going to push guy. <laughs> Axel grabs Francine, but Candido saves with the chair. Balls comes out to run off Candido, but Francine again gets involved. So Balls grabs her but drops her down as Bigelow shows up and Bigelow buries balls with the greetings from Asbury Park as Candido lathers Axel with a chair. So overall, this is pretty fun, uh, straightforward. Candido at his best is working. Axel hung with him, a lot of strikes, uh, some hard-hitting spots mixed in. Good use of Francine, backfires, and Axel gets a huge clean win on Candido going to pay-per-view. Uh, Matt, this is good, two and a half. I like the post-match. I, I think he needed to kind of give Axel a win, even though Candido, I feel like, loses a lot. Um he needed the win because uh, you need to feel like Ron Balls has a shot. I know we already have Storm and Candido fighting, but mm-hmm. this makes you think, okay, he can actually pin him too. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I went two and a half on this. Uh, it was good that Axel pinned Candido, like you said. He needed a win going into the pay-per-view. Uh, it was a good showcase for Axel, too. I mean, Candido's always going to bring it, but I feel like Axel needed kind of a, a match like this. It had been a while. Like, we've seen him have squashes and whatnot, but I feel like it had been a while since we've seen him have, like, a singles match like this. So I, I thought he uh, he held uh, he held his own pretty well. It was a good showcase for him. Uh, the delayed suplex on Axel, that Candido, it was super impressive just holding him up there for that time. That was uh, that was really good for him. So yeah, just a, a perfectly solid match here. Two and a half for me, Jenny. Francine Hachimachi. I like seeing her without Shane, because um, it seems like she's like a den mother kind of mm. vibe. Mm-hmm. I mean, they her and Candido flirt a little bit, but it's not you know as intensely sexual as is when Shane is with her. So it's kind of like a different side of her. And, um, but Axel, Axel been putting on bangers for years now. So I knew that this was going to be good and I really liked it. 
Um, I thought they worked really well together. I love that delayed suplex that Candido was so good at. And when it's on Axel, that shit is impressive looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he is a large man. I really enjoyed the um, really good strikes and punches. Like they really went all in on, on the little things like that. And then there was an obey your butt master poster in the crowd. <laughs> so I was wondering if there was an explanation for that. None that I have besides okay. that person being a bonus. That's not a pop, pop culture thing that I wasn't aware I of. I mean, obey your masters from Master of Puppets. That's the only thing well, I, I can do. I knew that, of. but I don't know. It sounded like a South Park thing. I don't know. Anyway, um, I loved Axel winning this match, and I thought the post-match was really good. So I did two and three-quarter stars. Very much making me more happy than what I've seen thus far. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, Fonzie says everyone's asking whose corner he'll be at Wrestlepalooza, the biggest ECW pay-per-view ever. Fonzie flips a coin but does not tell us the results. Where y'all think he lands? Uh, heads, but it's a double-headed coin, so he wins either way. <laughs> Is Fonzie That's that okay. smart Smart enough to do that? Oh, of course. He's a grifter at heart. All right. Yeah. All right, to the ring we go as Al Snow is here to take on Sabu. Snow would head saunter out. Joey sets up our next match. Sabu's in the ring. Joseph, uh, Joey, Joseph Snow has never defeated Sabu. After a break, Sabu is already setting up a table. He kicks away at Snow, hops on his shoulders, but Snow drops him face first. Snow with the DDT, heads up top. Sabu climbs the table, meets him with the right hands, takes him off in through the table with a Rana. RVD is out trying to check on Sabu, wants to stop the match. Fonzie says he's okay. Sabu fires back. It's a low drop kick. Gets two in Arabian press. Sabu is now bleeding from the eye as he chucks a chair at Snow. Hits a triple jump moonsault, but catches the seat of his face on the way down. Oh. Like really freaking hurt. <laughs> Sabu crawls over and covers for two. He hits a DDT, tries another triple jump, but slips on the rope and gets crotched. Snow knocks him to the floor. Snow shoots him into the crowd and hammers away. Meets him out there with an acai moonsault off the railing to a huge pop. Snow stomps away. We head back inside. It's a power bomb. Snow grabs a chair. He beats on Sabu with it, puts it on his chest. He goes up top and comes off. But Sabu grabs a chair and throws it at him. Sabu gets an Arabian face buster, smacks Snow with the chair, puts him on a table, hypes himself up. Sabu goes up top, but Snow meets him as RVD's tying up the ref. Sabu loads up a superplex, but Fonzie comes in. He takes out Snow's knee. Sabu drives Snow back through the table, covers, but the ref, uh, as the ref starts to count, RVD throws in the towel. And Al Snow wins the match due to forfeits, or I guess submission. Sabu is not happy. He and RVD argue and fight over the belt as Fonzie keeps the peace and the ring fills with head. A uh, really fun match, as you'd expect. A lot of madness. The crowd is really riled up. I thought both guys went all out with the pay-per-view on the doorstep. Snow's really built out an aura. Sabu matches that. I like the finish, too, because it, it plays into RVD being a passive aggressive douche. He screws Sabu on the doorstep of their big match. It gives Snow a win over Sabu without having to beat Sabu clean, but you don't want Snow to lose. But you also get kind of this dream match. So I'm fine with it here, only because RVD is so good at this bullshit that it, it plays fine, Jenny. You know, it's like, it's still pretty funny because it's RVD screwing him over on purpose. Uh, so I went three and a quarter on this. I, I enjoyed the match quite a bit. It's even funnier because <laughs> when RVD runs in, he's wearing a Sabu shirt. So uh <laughs> thought that was next level. Um, I really like this match. Uh the Rana through the table, sick. That fucking moonsault by snow into mm-hmm. the crowd, that was sick. The table all the table s- spots were really fun. Like Al Snow seems very versatile. Like he he's yeah. 
he'd mm-hmm. been hanging in. He's been good. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been mm-hmm. very good. Um, we've seen a bunch of different styles from him, and this just sort of adds um, to like his list of shit he can do now. So I, I did th- three and one quarter stars as well, Matt. Yeah, I went three on it. Uh, Al Snow, what a sight for sore eyes. My God, feels like it's been weeks since he's mm. been around. So it was good to see him again, considering he's in a pay-per-view in two weeks. Makes sense that he's here. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, uh, Sabu on a mission to uh, end his own life during mm. this match. Always. Uh, with I feel like more so, though, when he crashes on his head with the Rana through the table. And there's another dive he does where he crotches himself like, good Lord, man. Mm-hmm. Just take take a break for a minute. Well, you could God. But yeah, this is really good stuff. I like the finish, the RVD Sabu story, just how they're, they've been petulant children to each other is, uh, is great. RV, the towel throwing, like you said, it makes sense. It gives, you know, Snow a win over Sabu, but he doesn't have to pin Sabu. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot. Just a really fun, uh, really fun match here. So three stars for me. All right. Joey talks up. Russell Palooza says Shane needs surgery. It's official. And after the pay-per-view, if he wins, he'll have no scheduled defenses for months while he rehabs. And he runs down the rest of the card as well. So pretty interesting little hard sell down the stretch. Really, when you package snow beating Sabu with Douglas clearly needing surgery now, they're really trying to bait you into thinking Snow's winning this title, mm-hmm. I think, coming off of this. Like, all right, this dude just beat Sabu. Douglas is going to be out, but Snow's winning the bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know at the time like how much knowledge it was about Snow's setup. Like, I mean, he's, he shows up a raw in May and then he kind of comes back and forth. Mm-hmm. But could he do both? I mean, guys have done both all year for the last two years. So why not? Like, right. right. So we'll see. All right. Award time. Uh, best match easily. Uh, Snow and Sabu. Yep. Yep. Worst Candido and Axel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. we don't have many worst, worst. Yeah. On this show. Uh, best moment, I went Bigelow throwing Fonzie into the crowd, and that was those good. Aussie Moonsault. Both of those. Oh, were awesome. yeah, they were yeah. awesome. Yep. Uh, most 90s, uh, I went with credible name dropping PJ Walker and all the Montoya. <laughs> I'm going to go with Obey Your Butt Master because that feels like very 90s. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. That's probably some joke from some friggin' show somewhere. I mean, that's what I assumed. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I can't believe y'all don't know. I don't think it was South Park, was it? Could it have been a South Park? Uh, Why don't maybe. I just Google it? Google it sounds like a Cartman thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what but, I was thinking. I mean, if South Park was huge, as we know. At this right. Uh, stock rising, Taz, FBI, Rotten Snow for me. I love the FBI's dance-off. That's why I have them there. Like, <laughs> oh, yes. That was and the American cool. Bandstand. And yes. And Chubby Chuck. Yeah. Your turn, yeah. Chubby Chuck. Get in there and dance. <laughs> that was great. Yep. Uh, falling, I just went with Jones. Jeff Jones, fuck him. <laughs> He's consistently falling, so. He's, been an asshole. He's a permanent addition to that. Uh, final grade, I went 7 out of 10. A strong episode. I mean, Sabu and Snow was great. Mm-hmm. I like the angle stuff as well, the Taz promo, so very good, very good episode. I feel like, again, maybe we're one too many. We'll see how the next one is, but this felt like it would have been a strong go-home with Snow yep. standing tall on the doorstep of the pay-per-view. Always one too many for some reason. Uh, six and a half for me. Yeah, uh, definite bounce back from the last episode. I also went mm. six and a half. All right, our next I don't episode. See shit on here about nothing. Master. No, it was just an inside joke. Fuck it. Like many of the trips to Raspberry Park. <laughs> All right, May second, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, this is essentially a recap episode previewing. Uh, it, it serves as a preview show, like you would see back on 
your viewer's choice, et cetera, before mm-hmm. ordering a pay-per-view to do a 30-minute preview. This this is what that was, essentially. Um, I'm just going to read through it, and then you guys, if you have any thoughts on it, you can let me know. Right. Joey opens in the nest. He welcomes us in, says we're counting down to Russell Palooza. He then talks about Fonzie, whose corner he'll be in for Sabu and RVD. We will not find out until we're live. He runs down the full card which is Candido and Storm versus Rotten Balls, Bigelow versus New Jack, Whipwreck versus Credible, Dudley's versus Dreamer and Sandman, and Shane Douglas versus Al Snow. Joey reminds us that Douglas created the modern ECW title. We go back to August of 1994. We get highlights of his match with Scorpio and the infamous post-match where he claimed uh, this title now be extreme championship wrestlings. Uh, we get a long music video of Shane Douglas's career and his antics. We then get a hype package for Bigelow and New Jack, narrated by Paul Heyman. Joey's in the nest. He talks about how Bigelow injured John Cronus and Fort Lauderdale, and New Jack wants revenge for his partner. He then recaps the tag title situation. We go back to December 6th when Candido and Storm won the belts in a three-way dance. They defeated Rotten Balls to do that. Joey takes us through the rest of the story, the triple threat plot developing, and Paul's decree that they had to remain a team or be gone from ECW. Joey says Rotten Balls winning is a lock. Get a hype video for Whipwreck Incredible, Dreamer and Sandman Dudley's hype video, Sabu RVD hype video, and then we get a recap of Taz breaking Douglas's arm. It'll lead to Shane's last stand at Russellpalooza. He needs surgery, win or lose. Could be the end of his championship era due to the injury, and meaning the era of snow and head is upon us. And I love Joey Styles, um, but I, I hate the telegraphing thing he does. It's right out of the Vince McMahon playbook. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, Chad and I talked about this when we did the um, 1996 year in review episode of Warzone recently. Uh, that'll be coming out. I don't know if it'll have dropped a ton of stairs, but um, not a spoiler, but as part of that discussion, we talk about the best announcers of 96, and we cover this a little bit, that I think is one of Joey's weakest points, is like going way over the top and t- telegraphing things. He does it a lot during matches, too. Like, this is it mm-hmm. kind of stuff. This one is, like, way too gratuitous, and he does it at the pay-per-view, as we'll see, too. He's like, mm-hmm. it's an absolute lock. There's no way Candido and Storm can win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no way. So it's like, all right, you're going like a little too heavy-handed. Maybe just tone it down and be like, it looks likely that the rain will end and rotten mm-hmm. balls will ascend. You know, like whatever. You can do it in a way that's you're kind of saying they're favorites without giving it away that we're going to get a, a swerve on it. So okay. I didn't grade this or give any awards. Again, it was just kind of a preview show. Someone maybe that's new to the TV or just kind of get, get caught up before the pay-per-view. Um, it wouldn't shock me if this aired in Iraq or someone can confirm us like this aired on the viewer's choice before the right. or whatever, you know. This was the preview show before the pay-per-view, probably. They probably cut it, sliced it into a half hour and used that, I'm guessing. This was all pretty typical, you know, of what we see from what they do on these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite part is when Paul reads excerpts from his own interview uh, from Hardcore <laughs> Hotline. And every word is capitalized for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, why, why can't you just read it? Like, why does that have to, I don't know, like. Or somebody else read it, you know, like you reading mm-hmm. your own words from an interview sounds right. kind of weird. So, anyway, that was just a little quirk. Um, but this is pretty basic. I didn't do any awards or anything. Yeah, I, I didn't do any awards either. It's, I mean, it's a purely a recap episode. I mean, there was nothing new on here. I mean, it, it, everything was well done. All the highlight packages were really well done. But I mean, there's, like you said, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if this aired on the pay per view channel. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was perfectly fine for what it was, but. Uh, I think last week would have served as a better go home than this, but uh, it is what it is. It was nice to see uh, old old school Shane, because um, yeah. I mean, I hated him, but that fire that that promo that he cut 
was genius. Like he he kills that whole thing, and it, it's really cool to just look back on it. And uh, also, it makes you think that he died uh, because it's, <laughs> like, he died. I didn't mind this as the go home because we we kind of got a double go home. Like, like last week, yeah, really ended the stories heading in, and this is just like an extension of the pay per view. And I don't know. In some markets, this might have even aired like the same day or a couple days before. Like, right. so if you think of that timing too, this really is just like, all right, here's everything we got to try and sell you on buying this pay-per-view. You think we get some pay-per-view audiences? So, I think it was worth the shot to, to give a history lesson to really I drive. I don't, I don't. They kind of did what we said they should do, right? We said last week was a good go home. Anything they could have done this week probably would have felt like too much for it for two it. Like mm-hmm. they they ended where they needed to end, and now we're just telling the whole story. All right, so that'll do it for us here tonight. We'll be back in two weeks with Russell Palooza 1998. Sure, check out everything we have to offer here at the North South Connection, both video and audio. Subscribe to all of our feeds. We appreciate it. And follow us on social media. That'd be swell as well. Until then, stay extreme. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Russell I waited to say it. Right.